everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. It's a Tuesday and I am in the podcast studio with our porch team resident, Grace Ball. Hey, Emma. Grateful to be here. Glad to have you here on Porch Day, our young adults ministry at Watermark. Grace, you have been serving faithfully on the porch team and you're a student in the Watermark Institute. We've gotten a a good amount of time to connect and hang out. But for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are, how you came to know the Lord, and then fast forward, what are you up to these days? Yeah. I grew up in a home where I got to hear about Jesus, and I would say it was a Christian home where we went to church, but— I didn't see a need uh, for it until about fifth grade. So entering into fifth grade, my mom was diagnosed with a really rare cancer. And this was the first time that I understood my need for a savior, need for a God to come alongside um, in the midst of suffering. And so someone had been faithful and shared the gospel with me my seventh grade year. And that's when I really understood what Jesus had done and who he was in my life. But My whole life up until college was still marked by sports and my identity and everything except my faith. And so uh, God saved me my freshman year of college. I really understood that I got to live a life fully devoted to Him. And that's when I really understood discipleship and that I got to be a part of His great commission for my life. And God was really kind in the people and experiences He provided throughout college and Through the midst of that, I really started to grow a heart for full-time ministry, which is not anything I would have ever expected. So you were playing collegiate tennis, Yeah, yes. So in the midst of tennis and I got my degree in business, um, I really just started to see, one, my team had a lot of different uh, nations represented and a heart for the nations and sharing the gospel with them or my sorority sisters and through that, I was looking at ministry opportunities, and which is what led me to the Institute, because even today we're talking about um, Exodus, but there's just passages that I didn't understand, and I wanted to make sure if I was going to go into full-time ministry or whatever God was calling me to, I want to make sure I was equipped and had my theology right. Uh, totally. To be able it's to, important. Yeah, to be able to share with others. And so that's what led me to the Institute, and it has just been such a gift of a year to just study my Bible and learn learn alongside the porch and see what God's doing amidst young adults. Yeah, so for those who aren't familiar with the porch, it's tonight, Mm -hmm. young adult gathering. Yep. We've got listeners who are here local in Dallas and abroad. What's one prayer request for the porch ministry that you'd ask our church body and other friends listening to pray for for you guys? Yeah, I think um, among young adults, there's so many different things that can grab our attention of what could be fulfilling or what could look fulfilling in our lives. And I would say a prayer is just that God would bring young adults that are trying to find their fulfillment in anything apart from Jesus and be able to see Him in a new way uh, to experience Him for either the first time in their life or um, being able to fully surrender and be able to see Jesus in a new way. I love it, Grace. Well, I say we jump right in. Today, we are in Exodus 27 and 28, which, if we're honest, are passages that when we look at them, our eyes can kind of glaze over. Yeah. This is why the Bible gets a bad rap or the Old Testament gets a bad rap for being irrelevant, outdated. So set it up for us. What are we looking at? Yeah, so for chapter 27, at first we're seeing the altar of the burnt offering, and Moses has been on top of Mount Sinai for 40 days, and God is giving him the blueprints for the tabernacle, 
and kind of to unpack that, the tabernacle is where God's presence would dwell among his people. So he's giving him the blueprints for this, and one of the parts of that is the altar of the burnt offering. And so you're seeing here that the altar of the burnt offering is a bronze structure where burnt offerings are made. So this is a way that they can make atonements for their sin. And when you would go into the tabernacle before entering, the altar was the first thing you would see. And so here, I want to make the point that before entering into God's presence, they would have to make a sacrificial uh, offering before entering into his presence. So let me ask you this. You used the word atonement. It's a big churchy word. Right. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a great point. So I would say a good way to think about it is the way that they were able to be made right with God. So it was to put in place of something, and that is kind of how I would describe it. Like atonement. a substitute. Yeah, like yeah. A payment for something I've done wrong. For sure. Okay, cool. What else? Yeah, so like I said, the altar was the first thing you would see before entering into the tabernacle. But then the altar was where the actual Israel priests would offer these animal sacrifices for the sins of the people. And like I said, this is vividly illustrated, and it's showing the basics of atonement for sin. And so we're seeing with a main application here is that in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, they had to make these different sacrifices. But now, under the New Covenant, we have the cross, which is the ultimate atonement. And so Jesus came, he died for our sins, he rose again, and now we're, we're able to have the opportunity to know him personally. And that's the ultimate sacrifice that we can ever see and experience. And in that, even thinking about Romans 12, we can now be our own living sacrifice for the Lord and be able to live our lives through him. That's good. Tell me a little bit about the oil in 27, and then let's jump into 28 as we wrap up. Yeah, so at the end of the chapter, it's talking about the oil for the lampstand lighting. And this is inside the tabernacle, and it's powered by oil. And um, something else that I saw in this is that it was pressed. And so when the priest would take the oil uh, daily and put it in there to make sure it was lighting up the tabernacle, they would make sure it was the best. It was pressed and in this, I'm seeing they're not taking just any oil, but they're wanting to make sure it's the best for God. And they also had to keep this fire burning daily. And like I said, it was inside the tabernacle. And I even relate this to— It was like to, a fire hazard to me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but just I, kidding. It was I, fine. <laughs> they figured that out. And I even think about my own life with the Lord and making sure that I'm not relying on my word that I was reading from weeks ago, but that it's a daily walk with Him. And making sure I'm not relying on the past, but I want to make sure I wake up every single day and I'm in the Word because I'm relying on my strength through Him and not on the past. That's good. That's so good, Grace. All right. Chapter 28, the priest's garments. What do we do with this? At the beginning, it's describing how Aaron and his sons would wear uh, their different priest clothing. And so in this, it's like, what does this mean? What's the description needed? But it's it's describing the garments that God commanded to be worn by the priests. And they're sacred garments, and they're bestowing Aaron and his sons with dignity and honor. And so kind of to give a snapshot of who Aaron is, this is Moses' brother, and he was one of the priests, and these priests are chosen by God. And every aspect of the tabernacle, it's helpful to see that it involves intentional actions on the parts of the priests and the people to teach that the Lord is holy. 
And even a specific one is that on the breast piece of judgment, it has 12 different stones and sets of four rows of three, each with the name of the 12 tribes. And so in this, we can see the 12 tribes of Israel and make sure it's important to see that these priests were the ones that were responsible uh, for mediating between them and God. Yeah, going to God on behalf of the people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think when you see these priests and how they were chosen by God, they were the ones that were going on behalf of the people, like you said, I think it's helpful to even think of us now. How can we apply this to our lives? How do I apply Exodus 28? Mm -hmm. And I think of 1 Peter 2, and multiple times it says a royal priesthood. And so as followers of Christ, God calls us a royal priesthood. And I think after studying the Old Testament and the Institute, it's amazing for me to see that under the new covenant, we now get to be called that because of what Jesus done, not because of anything of us or animal sacrifices, but truly just because of what Jesus did in his atonement for sin and that we get to walk in that daily. I love it, Grace. Thank you for being here and for sharing. I appreciate you, and I'll be praying for the porch tonight. In the meantime, we are still running our social media contest. So share this episode or post a picture of how you're on the journey, whether that's your journal, screenshot of the app, website, you and your kids reading around the breakfast table. We want to know who's reading with us. Tag Watermark Church. Since it's a Tuesday, you can tag the porch if you want. It's not bonus points, but they'd love to see it too, right, guys? Yes, let's go. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.